Hey, this is CollarWorks Radio, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. We're still under quarantine, but maybe it feels more normal. I hope everyone is still washing their hands, but maybe now you're wearing a mask. This morning, I walked my dog, and I forgot my mask. And it did not really occur to me until I was the only person on the street that was not wearing a mask. It wasn't many people, but I felt mask shame. So, tonight, there's another kind of shame we can talk about. And maybe it's not shame, but more the unexpected awkwardness that's youth. Which, in my experience, usually resulted in some shame. Artist we're going to talk to tonight deals with those weird gray areas of human sexuality that we don't usually talk about, but maybe we should. And it's not only sexuality, but the roles we are asked to play in the experience and the discovery of our own sexuality. The artist I'm talking about is Sanford Merlin. And I guess I have never looked at his work as a whole, but I saw this connection. And this connection was he was relaying experiences that I understood. And I felt these poetic representations of youth, sexuality, and the difficulty of understanding that time and how that time plays forward. So, first, before we get to Sanford, Ronnie Wood is going to tell us something. And he's going to tell us, love is blind and you soon will find you're just a boy again. Me. For all grand days, I laughed at all his words. I thought he was a bitter man. He spoke of women's ways. The trap you Dressing rooms are great 
Well, you know, first off, like just, I guess, starting with the video you sent, um, some of the things that interested me from that are like kind of specifically the shapes behind you, mm -hmm. uh, those forms, and how they relate it to some of your earlier work. And they, there's this recurring form that like kind of keeps appearing. It's like that, that, um, that almost like, and I'm going to call it like a, like a, like a petal shape, hmm. the, the kind of opening. So that kind of is always working your way through its work in some way. And now you seem to have more of these bulbous shapes like mm -hmm. that are kind of coming from the wall. Um, so I'm curious about those forms. And I'm also curious about why you're kind of working off the wall at this point. Yes. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think there's a ton in those questions, which I think <laughs> represent like, you know, you looking hard. Um, I mean, I think to be frank, there's, there's more of a, a vaginal look to some of those pieces. And these mm -hmm. are more um, solid forms. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference. Um, I don't even know where to start. O off the wall is kind of the thing I'm thinking about the most right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a stupid thing. It's like a really dumb thing. But like, I realized that no one wants to live with a sculpture in their house. Not even me. Like, all the sculpture I have in my house is on a shelf. Um, okay. And so, like, I started to think, I'm making these things that I'm interested in, but do I want to live with them? And what would I make that would be something that I would want to live with? And the fact is, is that it, it does have to kind of be out of the way. And, and I think that like grad school teaches you how to like kind of be ambitious and challenge what's going on in the art world. But at some point you have to start saying like, I want my work to exist outside of the pile of stuff in the corner of my studio. Mm. And I want people to actually see it and be with it. Um, and so that's it. Like I, I, I think, I think a tiny part of me is like, Oh, this is like selling out because 3d work is supposed to be in the round. Mm -hmm. And then part of me is also like, no, I don't have a single sculpture that I've ever made in my house, partly because I think they all fail, but also partly because that's a lot of real estate to ask somebody to take up in their house. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm interested in the fact that like what, what can you do coming off the wall? What, what, what kind of relationship to the architecture can you have and still make a relevant, interesting 3D form? Um, and I think that there is, a, there is a big shift in my work right now as far as like content. Um, but I also think that it's going back to kind of my beginnings. You know, I think that if you, if you really look at some of the very, very earliest forms that I ever made, um, there's a lot of similarity to what I'm doing now. Um, and I think it has to do with like, you know, grad school shakes you up and throws you off and you like try all different things and everybody's like, what's the version of this? If it were not a sculpture, what's the version of this? If it was a video, what's the version mm -hmm. of this? If it was a painting and you kind of thrive in that. And it, I think it makes you better, but 
I think that there's a more more of an honesty to where I was in the beginning. And with 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 all due respect and and admiration for what I learned from grad school, but I think mm-hmm. that like I think I'm taking that knowledge and bringing it back to like kind of the roots right now. Mm. That's that's kind of that's interesting. Um, and there's a, a lot of things in there I'd like to 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 ask about. I definitely want to come back to to the content for a minute, but first before we go there, I, I want to go back to the practicality that you talked about of of being on the wall mm-hmm. and just the nature of space and also the problems that that presents you that could challenge you in in other ways. I mean, I think that's really kind of interesting or to, you know, like so much of art is, is problem solving and it's, it's creating, it's identifying the problem and then like beating yourself with the problem where interesting things happen. I'm curious. I don't know if there's a question there, but I'm curious. It sounds like you, you thought about that, but also are there any influences in coming off the wall or are there like things that you think about, or maybe even they're not sculpture, maybe they're, you know, something else. No, I mean, I think there are influences coming off the wall, but I I feel like you had a, and maybe I'm pushing, but I feel like you had a better question there, which was like, why sculpture? Like why, why contend with this stuff? And I, and I think that the reality is, is that sculpture is the one medium that actually contends with reality the most, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and painting, unless you're dealing with your actual application of paint, you're talking about an illusory space. You mm-hmm. don't have to deal with gravity. You don't have to deal with the fact that you have to move around it or other angles, um, similar in photography and printmaking, but in sculpture, it's the one medium where you have to contend with all the things that as a human you have to contend with. So, is it is it freezing cold in the room? Is it you know? Are there lights in the room? Uh, mm-hmm. Like all that stuff matters to the actual form itself, and to me, that's that's the appealing challenge. Exactly as you've described, like the challenges arise, the questions arise. How do you contend with them? And one hundred percent of what I do is I want this form and I want it to exist here in space. How do I get it from the floor to there? How do I get it from the wall to there? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that as far as references or, or influences, I think that Lee Montague is absolutely like how she, she was, a, a, was a stalwart of creating that, what we might call two and a half D, that like that fantastic mm-hmm. sculpture that also was attached to the wall. Um, but I think more relevant to these new pieces is actually um Brancusi. like i've mm-hmm. always not always but as, 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 as a as a young child going to the moma and riding up the escalator and seeing the very first thing is burned space at the top of the escalator i'm dating myself because that doesn't exist anymore but that right. used to be how it worked um but that was always this piece that i remembered as being iconic and confusing. I was like, I don't see the bird. I don't understand it, but I love it. The form is great. And I was a kid, but Brancusi always stood out to me. And the fact that like I, as a young artist, ignored the pedestals, always ignored the pedestals. Mm. until I started to realize that the pedestals 
were maybe the sculpture themselves or at least as valuable as the sculpture mm -hmm. or at least in the conversation. And so to me, it started to talk, talk about how do you incorporate the display methodology um, on an equal footing as the object. Equally, Anthony Caro, who, who, I, who I spent some time with working with, he had these amazing pieces that, that cantilevered off of, the, off of the pedestal or off of the table that have always been something that I've referred back to um, because I think they were the best pieces that he ever made. Um, mm. and, and so to me, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that like display is not the display methodology is part of the process and you have to contend with it and it should be on equal footing or hopefully on equal footing. I definitely um, felt that when, when I was looking at those pieces behind you of the forms coming, like kind of coming through the hole mm -hmm. or going in, who knows? And mm -hmm. just the, you know, the veneer of them and the way that they are shaped. I mean, those two relationships of the bulbous thing and the, the wooden veneer that's rounded and curved. I mean, it really had this beauty of, you know, that juxtaposition of, you know, there's a real activation between those two things. So it's definitely interesting to hear you talk about Brancusi and the pedestal because it does seem so important. If we could talk about the content of, of some of your older work and what you were thinking about within those ideas, because after spending some, some time with it, um, at one point I was like, wow, you know, like Sanford is really like, there's a lot of sex going on and there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. there's something going on here that, I mean, we overlapped like maybe a semester in grad school. So I never really, Mm -hmm. got that full experience of, uh, you know, you know, here listening to you, uh, you know, on the couch in a crit. But I'm curious about what some of those relationships are, because it, it seems to have an arc. There's yeah. a, there's an arc of, of like, um, like the halcyon day of losing your virginity to a glory hole. And I'm curious about where that fits in or where you're, you know, asking the viewer to be, I guess. I'm curious. Well, see, you, you're really good at asking like multiple questions in one question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my show. No, I think, I, think, I, think I think you're right. I think I would take it like maybe like a, a half a step back further. Sure. Um, because I think that my, some of the original pieces were, I was like, I was pretty, I don't want to say bipolar because I, that's not the right word. I was like on, I was doing two different things at the same time. And I had two tracks and one of the pieces was, or series of pieces was really about like the poetics of intimacy um, mm. and sex and romance. And then the other was like a criticism of masculinity and sex. And I was making both those pieces or, or a series of pieces at the same time. Um, and I didn't know how to put them together. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so one was like aspirational and one was like politically critical. 
And I think that when I got to grad school, they started to merge and they started to become more about society and how society controls how we act as uh, our roles as man, woman, hetero, uh, gay, non-binary, whatever it is. At the time, the non-binary wasn't really a conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was really more about like the two different dichotomies and kind of how do we adjust to that. Um, And so those pieces were really about trying to understand for myself my own kind of confusion because I felt like I was a weirdo. Like I felt like Mm. every relationship I ever had, my partner told me that I acted like the, the girl in the relationship. And I didn't quite understand that. It was because I think I was, I'm, I was and am pretty sensitive um, and perhaps needy. <laughs> you have to ask my wife. <laughs> but like, but like, I think that, I think that like a lot of those things were like, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to deal with the fact that like there was no place for me feeling like in society. And so I wanted to challenge that. And so they are a lot about sex because they're so neurotic. And, and, and so like all of the things that I'm talking about in my art are about my, my kind of neuroses and insecurities and um, idiosyncrasies as I mm-hmm. hope everybody is. Um, but I think the shift that's now happening is that like the world went and caught up in a way that I never expected. You know, like mm-hmm. the fact that we are talking about like sexuality as a spectrum on a regular basis. The fact that we are talking about like, like no one would ever say you're the girl in the relationship. That would never happen now. And mm. to me, it's like incredibly exciting, but it's also kind of bewildering because it's like, oh, all the content just got like ripped away from my work and kind of made silly at this point. And so I, th- I think that the content has definitely shifted now um, for my work, but it's still about my idiosyncrasies and my insecurities. And those still relate to my own sense of being sexually, intellectually, and beyond. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like in a way, like you're using this, this idea of a, the, like the physical in a relationship to amplify like kind of the emotional in some way and, and looking at like how you're operating. Seems Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's something to the fact that um, like we talked about before, the fact that, that, sculpture is the physical media you know Mm -hmm. there is no other media that's as physical you know painting come could could come close but there is no art media that is as physical as creating a form um Mm -hmm. and so there is there is a synergy between that and and the carnal if you want you know like you i have to contend with that object behind me the same way Mm -hmm. i have to contend with you in a space um and to me, I think a lot of times, I think of these objects the same way I think about my relationships with people. So I think about mm-hmm. them that, mm-hmm. that same way. What, what was the piece that was the poetic one? I'm curious. Can you describe? Oh, oh, there, 
there was a lot of poetic. There was a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a piece that's called Penelope. There's a piece uh, called Yearning. There's a piece called Peach for Keach. They were all like bent wood with like aluminum or stainless. They were very kind of like Perrier-esque um, okay. and very abstract. And they, uh, uh, from the tools, they were, they were pretty benign. Like they didn't take you anywhere specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I was make, making like, you know, headgear or blowjobs, you know, like I was, you know, like, like who, what is the worst? The two things I think are the most ridiculous are lingerie and headgear. Like <laughs> those are the two times you don't need to have any kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager and you're insecure, you don't need metal strapped to your head. And uh-huh. when you're about to have sex with somebody, you don't need complicated shit to take off. Like uh-huh. those are the two things I think are ridiculous. So I, so I put them together, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like, I think there was a, I can't remember what it's called, but there was like a, a pair of men's underwear that were breakaway underwear, but also had a padlock. So it was like the, the ridiculousness of it. Um, they, they all were being made at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. So on the one side, I was being romantic. And on the other side, I was being very critical. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in, in some way it gets to, you know, the, the I think like the, the contemporary obsession with like kink and, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about those things that, you know, we don't like to talk about, but, you know, maybe as adults, we should, you know, (laughs) (laughs) cause you know, I remember growing up, you know, in my house, it was just, you know, and, and I started to think like, did, did Sanford, did, did he like, you know, in my house, you know, my father was, you know, it's disgusting, you know, everything, everything portrayed as disgusting, um, mm-hmm. you know, but he did, you know, marry a, a, a woman 20 years younger than him. So right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, dad. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, and you've mentioned as a teenager a, a couple of times and there, there is that um, seemingly like there's a little bit of, like nostalgic confusion in some of it, you know, mm-hmm. where you're, you're trying to make your way through the piece that, that really got me was um, real comforter. That was the one I thought like really kind of was uh, quite interesting in that regards, but even like the way you describe it was made, you know, but, but, but I mean, just to be clear, that's all a lie like that's that that was really a big part of it because at that point i was thinking a lot about how memory how we remember these things like because yeah. exactly as you said like I, i'm really i'm i'm still really fascinated by that those teenage years because those are the years where you're becoming whoever you are right like mm-hmm. it might take you a little bit longer to figure it out but like those teenage years are when you start to become autonomous from your parents and you start to like become whoever you're going to be. And so I'm fascinated with that, but at the same time, clearly disconnected from that. So then it becomes all about remembering it. Right. And so the, the list of, of materials that are in that piece, you know, a, an 87 GE uh, TV and uh, whatever, uh, playing NBC's Friday Night Lights and all in, in, in a comforter, that was my ex-girlfriend's 
that I lost my virginity under my wife, whatever, all those things that are in it are just lies. I wasn't married at the time that I made the whole thing. So there was nothing, I had nothing to do with my Mm ex-girlfriend. It was about what, what reading that, that group of words did when you looked at the piece, it was the idea that like, uh, how, how could I influence you without having an artist statement? How could I influence you by, by being manipulative because memories are manipulative. And I still think that that's really fascinating and, and still really kind of relevant. Um, mm. But, and, and so it was like twofold. It was like, I'm interested in, in what it is to be becoming uh, a sexualized being and also like what it means to be contemplating that as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and I, I, I always try to be pretty honest about where I am and how I'm implicit in whatever statements I'm trying to make in the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, I've known you for a while now and I, I don't know why I assumed you were telling the truth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, God, when, you know, when was this made or, you know, <laughs> was he married before? Now I'm not sure. And, no, it was a total lie. All of it was a uh-huh. lie. Well, that's beautiful, though. But it's very poetic, you know, and it, like, really, you know, made me think. And, you know, it's, again, it's interesting. You, you talk about, you know, this relationship of, of becoming um, a, a man, you know, quote, unquote, yeah. in yeah. our society. And, and so much of that is based on the sexuality of, like, or, or sex in general, you know, yeah. um, which is pretty absurd in, in so many ways. So I guess one thing like kind of going forward, looking at, you know, what you're making now, because we've been talking so much about in the past, but yeah, the, these objects um, now, like these bulbous kind of round, almost like, you know, they kind of look like maybe semen or something. I, I don't know. Is that far off or is that, am I, putting too much of what I know from you in the past to what's going forward. I don't, I mean, wouldn't, so these are super fresh. These are mm-hmm. maximum three weeks old, like the, oh, yeah. the, from the, from the oldest part of them. Um, but so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anything past where they are right now. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm really excited by what you said earlier because I, I'm fascinated by the idea of these things both emerging and receding. That, mm-hmm. To me, that's the most exciting thing. Is it's like, are these things entering our world or are they exiting our world? Um, I mean, there's, there's still a ways to go. They're going to be, I think, pretty colorful, um, mm. which is something I've never done before. Um, but I'm also, I've, I've had a lot of experiences in the last couple of years, maybe a year and a half, where I've had the opportunity to hear artists talk about their work. And those who speak the least are the most interesting to me. Mm. And, and I'm starting to kind of embrace that. I'm starting <laughs> to think, you know, that piece that you brought up, um, the real comforter, I love that piece, but that was the most overly uh, conceptualized piece I've, I've ever made. Mm. Um, and I think that there's something freeing about, um, saying, I just want something that that's going to recede and protrude something that's going to 
both be displayed and be a wall piece, be, be three-dimensional and be two-dimensional, uh, be in dialogue with, with, its, um, with its pedestal and then question whether it's a pedestal in the first place, to be uh, familiar and unfamiliar as forms. And that's kind of enough for me right now. And I know that that doesn't make for a great, you know, podcast, but I, I, I think that there's mm. something, something really compelling about just accepting. And it's, it's my maturity. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm officially, I think, middle-aged right now. So <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's that maturity of like realizing I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And even if I don't understand it today, uh, it's, it's going to be, I mean, I could talk to you about the old pieces forever because I know what those are. These are brand mm-hmm. new. Um, I think they're the most exciting because I'm doing them, but mm-hmm. what the hell are about? I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. I like hearing what you have to say. About them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, you know, you hit a point there, like, um, you know, having, and you're probably the same having, you know, made work for so long at this point, you know, and you're going to keep making it. And, you know, that is, sometimes feeling like it's enough. You know, I, I think I, I went through something similar. I am probably still am going through where I'm just making these things. I don't really know. There's really no clear answer what they're about. You know, there's colors, there's shapes, there's skulls, there's, you know, weird lines. You know, it's hard to, to pin down what it's, you know, trying to say. I, if it says anything, I, God bless it. But, um, <laughs> You know, I think that's also like a big part of the process of just making. You know, you can't always have a, an answer right away. If you did, it probably wouldn't be very interesting um, because it's it's the unknown that pushes you on, you know? So, yeah, I think that's a perfectly fine answer. Well, I, I mean, I also, I also just think that like it's all about – I read this thing and, and don't put this in the, whoever's doing this, don't put this in. But I just read this, read this thing that like, you know, Jerry Saltz, who I know, don't ever want to quote, but he just said, you know, like about his book where he was like, you know, you should all, we should all be drawing at home because we're stuck in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like we should be drawing and um, like do whatever you're going to do. If you want to draw a face, draw a face, but draw a face that only you could draw. And like, mm-hmm. to me, that was actually like what I try to teach my students and what I try to think about, which is like, whatever I'm doing, I want it to be an expression that only I would make. You know, I've seen lots of, you know, welded together wire things before and bent wood things before. I want to try to figure out how to do it myself. I've seen a lot of things about sex before. I've seen a lot of abstract art before. I want to try to make it something that could only be made by my weirdness, you know, mm-hmm. where, where's the weird thing that is Sanford and only Sanford would produce. That's, that's my goal. And, and if I could actually articulate my weirdness, then I would just articulate it and I wouldn't make the shit that I make, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, actually like, um, I, I don't know. I don't, when I talked to Joanne Carson that time, it really, so many things she said got in my head and I think you're kind of articulating them right there of, you know, the, and I, I think it's something they talked a, a ton about and I, I don't always like to bring it up, but you know, at SUNY Albany, if so much of, of like the, 
the artist's hand and how important that was. And, you know, I think when I was there, it, it, when I first got there, it felt very old fashioned. I was like, what the hell? Are, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I think by the third year I was like, yes, this is all you really, you need to worry about. But uh, I guess in, in finishing up and, and I, w- I want to just ask you a, a couple of things about collar works, if that's yeah. okay. Uh, because you are, um, you are one of the founders of it. And mm-hmm. I've never, I did talk to Colin once, but he didn't talk about it, which is, <laughs> which is perfect because I wanted to, you know, I, I actually reached out to Colin Boyd. He's a mutual friend of ours. And mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, what, what should I ask? Um, what should I ask Sanford? <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was a long pause um and he said wait um, wait, for, 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 wait 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 for for those who don't know not only did we start colorworks but we we shared a studio for three or four years together so yeah. right and uh, he asked um he wanted to know where his hole saws were <laughs> <laughs> Well, Which, that's not the only thing I have of his, so. Yeah, but it, it seemed to kind of perfectly um, encapsulate maybe your relationship. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, maybe, I, I know I've, you've probably said this before, but um, what were some of the ideas in, in starting Collarworks? Yeah, I mean, to, the ideas that Colin and I had when we started Collarworks were, were pretty straightforward. We watching a lot of the people who graduated before us from SUNY Albany um, move to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And neither of us were interested in being in New York City. Um, and we also were just shocked because we were like, Troy has a lot of the same qualities as Brooklyn and it's a lot cheaper. Um, and we just we're kind of dumbfounded, but we also realized, oh, well, you're missing out on all of the opportunities to get shows, be um, exposed to other people. And so we thought, man, the only thing that's missing is a venue. Um, mm. And in those early days, Troy was desolate. I mean, there was, was hardly any stores. And so they would open up the empty storefronts to really, honestly, to anyone who wanted to do anything and so we for for several months did pop-ups around Troy and empty storefronts um, putting shows up and, and at that point I don't think Collarworks even really existed for a while we did a lot of shows that was just you know we're at whatever the address is and and, and that was kind of the thing was we were like wait we can't keep putting address on our on our like CVs you know like we need to we need to turn this into something um, and so we decided that we needed to create a space where artists, particularly young artists coming out of grad school, undergrad students, uh, people who had been recently graduated, uh, could come together and show work that had no expectation of selling, you know, like mm-hmm. where you could do something crazy and weird. Um, and have an audience of like-minded people look at it and say, Oh man, that's, that's totally weird. Like, but I want to talk about it. Like, I don't get it. 
that looks stupid, but let's talk about it. Or I love it, uh, you know, but I don't have a giant house to put it in. You know, those, those kind of conversations. And as two sculptors who were making really large installational work at the time, mm-hmm. um, it, made, it made sense for us to start it. Um, and, and so that was it. That was really, it. And, we, and every single show we did, well, this might be the last one. This might fail. Right. This, <laughs> this might, like, who cares? Like, we're, we're, oh, that's too weird? No, 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 there's no too weird. We're just going to, like, go ahead and do it. And things, things have changed now that we're, like, 10 years old. And I think, you know, rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. But in those early days, we just didn't care. We were just like, whatever anyone wants to do, if we can help them do it, we're going to do it. Yeah. Now that's the that's the uh, the amazing thing, and you know I remember going to your early shows and just being kind of um, struck by the like the energy. Um, but to think, you know, like ten years on, here you are, you know, it, it's really incredible to see. I, I don't know what what's your feeling on that and looking at it where it is now. I mean, I think <laughs> I think I need more of a question. I don't know what you mean by that. Like what, like just the fact that it's ten years old. Well, you know, like that it's a permanent space and there's a residency and there's, you know, all these other things going on. I mean, could you have imagined that would be the case when you started it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was twofold. I mean, it was, it was, it was one, like, I think the first day we ever talked about it was like, we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to be critics and we're going to write about the work we're going to make the work we're going to show the work we're going to start a residency we're going to have dancers we're going to have musicians we're going to, <laughs> like all of that was like day one and so okay. like <laughs> so i don't think that like there's ever going to be a point where i'm like oh yeah we've surpassed the ideas that colin and i had but at the same time like we were uh-huh. also like willing to let it go at any minute you know like like if it if somebody got mad at us because we were too provocative, it was like, okay, we'll just close up and stop paying for this ourselves. <laughs> no problem. That's, um, incre- that's kind of incredible. I never knew that. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we also, to, I mean, if we're keeping it real about the whole saw, like we, we both walked away several times uh, and had to drag each other back. So mm-hmm. um, it, it hasn't been easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of where it is and I'm, and I'm excited for where it's going to go. And mm-hmm. I think it has a tremendous amount of potential. Um, but we haven't reached where I think it should be yet mm-hmm. for sure. Looking back, is there, is there any one show or, or, I don't know. You know, I don't want to get too into it, but have, have you, in the beginning, was there anything that you guys did and you were like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that? Oh yeah. Lots, lots. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but there was, there were several shows that we did. Um, at, I, I'll, I'll also say that like the ones that you'd expect to be bombs turned out to be exciting. Mm-hmm. The ones, the ones that um, we thought were like kind of no-brainers, um, some of them turned out really awful. Um, nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On on like logistical levels, on like mm-hmm. art levels, on all types of uh-huh. uh, 
affronts. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I guess, I mean, I asked that because, you know, in the beginning, you know, when you guys were doing this, it was, you know, so much a, a labor of, of love, you know, and it still is, you know, I, I'm a board member. I, I, I love the organization and, uh, but, you know, it's hard to keep that energy up. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I, I guess that's probably where you, you come in talking about having to bring one another back, um, <laughs> back into the, to the works. Yeah. So, yeah. What, um, you know, of course everything is stopped now and, um, no one's doing anything, um, uh, in terms of programming on the site, but is there like looking forward, is there one thing you'd like really like to see happen in the future for the organization? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing I'd like to see happen, um, is I'm really, I've, I've been really excited. And, and, and like I said, from the very beginning, we've always talked about having a residency and I've been tremendously excited about what's happened with the Elizabeth Murray artist residency. Um, and I think we've, we, as an organization, we've learned a tremendous amount by doing that. Mm-hmm. But I would really like to see a residency in Troy that is um, really focused on gallery. So bringing in mm-hmm. um, uh, an artist who is going to do a performance or a long-term installation or something where they could actually be living nearby and using the space or part of the space um, to create work. Mm. And I think, again, going back to like where, where I was starting with this, without any kind of preconceived outcome, you know, where they get to actually experiment with the space um, and we kind of just, just support it uh, and, and let them do whatever they do best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would you know, again, as a board member, that, that would be certainly a good goal. Um, it would nice to have that connection, um, to Troy and to the gallery and to see that happen. That would be, yeah, it reminds me of like it's reminiscent or it's kind of what impact. I'm sure a lot of organizations do it. Um, I know impact does that. Well, um, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, but you know, thanks so much for talking to me and talking about your work. It was, you know, it's certainly, it's, it's uh, super interesting. And uh, there's so many, yeah, there's just so many things I look at and I'm just, that's brilliant. Um, we didn't even get to talk about it. Um, like that marble piece you made. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, thanks. <laughs> it really is. It's really beautiful. And it's so weird. You know, it's like really bizarre it's like not something you'd think out of marble but then it references i mean i don't know anything about marble but it you know it has this connection of before and after you know like you know it looks like something from the past but not of this world it's really it's a strange piece it's funny like i i first started teaching i used to get really mad when my students were like critiquing and they would say oh i don't know that's weird and uh-huh. I would be like, what, what does that mean? Right, but yeah. to me, it's become like the greatest when anyone talks about my work because <laughs> weird means you haven't seen it before. You know, right, like yeah, weird yeah. means 
that it's strange and that you, but, but if you're talking about, you even bring it up means that it's compelling. So it's yeah. like both new and compelling. And so I, I hope everything I do is weird. That's, that's my goal now. <laughs> that's, it. that's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to join you in that goal. All right. Well, thank you, Sanford. Um, oh, thank really you. Wonderful to talk to you. And I, I'm officially going to end it this time. So um, okay. thanks so much. Yeah. As always, thank you for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Coming up soon is CollarWorks TV.